Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everybody. Look, this is another podcast for the Levi's Corner. I have a special guest today, all right? Somebody I've known for years, a good musician friend. But before we even get into that intro, we have to shout out to God first, because without God, this would not be possible. Shout out to friends, family, my kids. I love you all, my parents. Shout out to Justin and the team. You guys are doing an amazing job. Also, shout out to our sponsors, the ones we don't have right now, but we still want to give space. So when we do have them, they will already have a moment ready and available just for them. All right. Also, shout out to ABiz Productions for the intro and outro music. We appreciate you, sir. But let's get into this thing. All right. So I have a friend of mine musician that i met god i was in my late teens when i met this met this gentleman i met him through a friend of mine who is now a pastor at the church that i go to at gates of faith ministries by the name of pastor kyle nicholson right and i met this gentleman and then to come to find out this person knows somebody else and this person knows somebody else i'm gonna tell y'all the musician community is a tight knit, small community. And if one person knows somebody, 30 people know that same person, especially if they good people. Right. So this person that I know, like I said, is a great musician, well-traveled, good person, family man, God fearing man. Um, he could tell you a few things about himself that I will not, I'm not going to know, but I want to introduce to some, and introduce the most my good friend, my guy, Mr. Jonah Gossie. Jonah, what's going on, man? What's up, Aaron, man? It's so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be here. I mean, I've been enjoying your podcast. I was reached out to you. It's like, man, I want to come on. I want to talk to you, man. I see what you're doing. It's been a blessing. I want this to go further and further and further and push it, man, because I just the fact that, that you're in your lane, and I see that it's, it's making room for you. So I'm just glad to be here, man. All all big ups to you, brother. Man, look, man, I appreciate it, man. Like, for real, to be honest with you, this is a flat-out faith walk. Like, I, in my wildest dreams, I did not think I'll be doing a podcast. I wouldn't be a entrepreneur, a businessman. But to be honest with you, just that what you just said from you, man, it goes a long way and it means something to me, man. And I greatly appreciate it, bro. I agree, okay. greatly appreciate it. But like, let me let me ask you this, okay? So I've I've known you as somebody as a drummer. I didn't go to high school with you, you know, you you're in the upper echelon with the other guys. But like, tell me a little bit about who is Jonah Gossie. Like, where did you get started? And and then after that, like who influenced you in, with when it comes to music? So I got started in a little small church in um, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, it's called Crusade for Christ Christian Church Ministries. It's a little small uh, church. Um, we we came out of a Methodist church, but um, our church grew out of that and went to a mm -hmm. non-denominational church. Mm -hmm. And I grew up there and I we had... Uh, you know, some older musicians there, just like, you know, you. Um, we had older musicians that was in front of, um, you know, one of the guys that I'd grown up with. Mm -hmm. And we watched them. 
and basically we sat on the front row and when we wanted when we were learning they had us just sit right there and yeah they yeah older older the ogs they had us up there and they 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 saw interest so what happened uh honestly um the guy who was you know putting everybody on the the, the head keyboard guy mm -hmm. he put me on keyboard so i what? went to keyboard first yeah he i went to keyboard first and so i'm on they had me on our our rolling uh i forgot the name of it i want to say it was a dx70 i i can't remember the name of it but he had me on there we were playing keys and another guy named that's in the city is well known uh jail harris he went to drums now everybody knows wait now wait wait, I... <laughs> wait 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 we we're not gonna rush through this okay we're gonna take our time because I was just playing with G JL at uh the home going the national home going for Bishop Nicholson. And I know JL as an organist, one of the baddest organists, not only in Richmond, but period. But yet at the same time, you're gonna tell me you were on keys and he was on drums. Like how does that work? <laughs> so 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 JL, we both were sitting there, and I guess the musician. Um, you know, may may have rest in peace. I'm so thankful for him to for, for giving both of us the opportunity. I guess he didn't want to, you know, he wanted both of us to get a burn. So mm -hmm. he put me on keys. I will just be, you know, up there playing strings. He'll show me a couple chords. I could probably play like maybe one or two songs. And I guess I was my my mother saw that, so she was like, okay, I'm gonna try to help him because I wasn't grasping it as fast. Mm -hmm. So she put me in uh, piano lessons. Now, Jail, he's coming. Now, Jail's, you know, a couple years, wait a minute, one or two years behind me. So mm -hmm. he's on drums. He's grasping it. But Jail, you know, me, we were growing up. He kind of like, you know, pulled me to the side one day after service was like, hey, look, I think I want to play keyboard. And I was like, well, cool. I think I'm going to play drums. <laughs> so we made we, we made the executive decision like by ourselves. We presented it to the guy. And the guy was like, oh, perfect. Like, you know, that works. The only thing is, is when I went to drums, I couldn't keep the tempo. So, oh. the, bass player, so the bass player had to sit there. And he had to tap on my shoulder, tap on my shoulder. So what they would do is they would boot me off the drums. And I had to go sit on the front row and watch. Jail would have to get off the keyboard and get back on the drum. <gasps> or the or one of the older guys would have to play. So what? that went on for yeah, that went on for a while. And but I never let that I I could, you know, it was in me. Of course, like you, the desire to play, and that kind of segues into your next question is like, you know, um, who was my influence? Um, I really didn't because I was just so over I was all over the place. I, I really feel like I have a little case and I'm not diagnosed a little case of ADD because okay. my mind was just everywhere. I was gotcha. everywhere. Like, so I just not really focus on that. So I really didn't have an influence, but it was basically who was sitting in front of me at that time. And so the guy who was sitting in front of me, I was just, you know, watching everything he was doing and I was just trying to mimic that. And so if jail was on, I was trying to mimic that. If, Whoever the guy was, the older guys were, they were playing drums, they were in and out. I would mimic that. And finally, mm -hmm. just like just like all of us, those guys stopped missing service. They stopped playing other, right. way, other places. And that's what one thing led to another. And, you know, I just, God bless my hands and 
here we are. <laughs> Man, look, you know what? That's that story sounds so so <laughs> similar to so many musicians that I know right now, where right. they were sitting on the first row. I was on the third row at my church. <laughs> I was on the third row. They won't let me sit on the first row because all the elders, ministers, and pastors was on the first right. row. But man, I I remember being in that same situation. I had about 10 guys in front of me. And I had to fight every single Sunday just to get a half of a song. So I understand <laughs> what you mean by sitting there and understanding you got to wait your turn. But let me ask you this. So you're playing early mm -hmm. early age. How old were you when when you first started? So I'm I'm like seven eight i'm like seven eight i remember because you know i'm sitting there and i don't think seven to eight i had to be just what that's coming out of uh elementary going into middle into middle i think mm -hmm. i'm thinking yeah so yeah it's seven to eight because i remember distinctly my element one of my elementary uh teachers and she could be up there as far as my top influences as well because she mm. saw saw something in me and she allowed and she pushed it as well. She was trying to push more than just the drums too. She was trying mm. to push the keyboard and she was trying to push drums. But eventually she just gave in and just let me do drums. So yeah, around that time, I said seven to eight. That's dope. So let me ask you this. Does like music run in your family or like was it down and deep in the bloodlines or you're like one of the first? So for as far as as far as music um playing an instrument, I mm -hmm. do believe I do believe an uncle on my mother's side does play a little guitar and I might be somebody on my father's side that I'm just not aware of at the moment. But both of my parents did sing in the choir growing up. So uh, I always okay. joke about it uh, that I was conceived in the quiet stand. You know that's a joke, but <laughs> <laughs> both of my parents, both of my parents, uh, did sing in the choir. And what? what's crazy is I know they got major rhythm because my mom to this day keeps a tambourine in her car. She ready to go. Oh, she ready. And yeah, she ready. And then my dad, I will always notice, even though he didn't play. My dad will be where I can like visually, you know, you at church, you visually see your parents in the church. Mm -hmm, and right mm -hmm. now I can visually see my dad in church and he was one of the few people double clapping. He knew Ooh, how to, yeah, do, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. So I just knew, I knew that, you know, they, you know, being that they, they song, being that they had rhythm, being that they always kept music in the house when, you know, we, you know, when we grew up. Um, you know, they had some musical background, but as far as playing instruments, I'm thinking I'm probably the first in, you know, in in that in that first in your family. Look, first let me ask family. you this. So, how long you been playing? Uh, I said I said I started playing around. I said want to say about five or six playing. Uh, beating. I know you know probably like just like all the other young guys. Beating on pillows. I had pillows. Um, I didn't have uh, one drum set, and that's the crazy part about it. And my mm. parents did not buy me a set. They bought me snares. They bought me sticks. Um, stick bag, but a drum set because of where we live. You know, mm -hmm. they just thought it would be too loud for the neighbors and stuff. So mm -hmm. they was like, "If you want to practice, we'll take you to the church." 
but to actually have a set in the house to practice, I could just get up, go to the living room, wherever, and practice. No, they they never believed in that. And it was crazy because when when I came of age and I had a son, uh -huh. they bought him a drum set. Man, look, ain't that like grandparents? <laughs> yes, ain't that sir. like grandparents, man? <laughs> I told my mom the other day. They got they got some they got like some crazy stuff for my my daughter for her birthday. She just turned twelve on Mother's Day, right? right. And I and I was like, Mom, I know good and well you got my daughter all this stuff, but when I turned twelve, I couldn't get a dollar. <laughs> Ain't that like grandparents? It just like grandparents. I mean, they were so hard, so strict on us. I mean, we had to work. My brother. He, I mean, I know it's a bad way to do it, but he would make sure he was on honor scholar rule just so he could get the new J's that would come out, right? Right. And now it's just like, it's like my my son, uh, my both of my boys, really, they can just ask for anything they wanted, you know. And get it. Yeah, no report card needed. You just go ahead and get it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's, but that's just like grandparents, and you got to love them, though. You got to love them. They, yeah, they're just, sure. just a soft spot for their for their grandbabies just to see the lineage growing. But let me ask you this. Right. So you've been playing for what 20, 25 years? Yeah, I would say, yeah, for sure. All right. So you've gotten a chance to see a few things, play some places that some people probably would never get a chance to play. What is your most embarrassing musician moment? And what did you learn from it? Um, well, the the funny part about this is, and I was thinking about, you know, what would be, what would, be, what would have been my most embarrassing moment. It's so many, really, because you know you had those moments growing up where you crash and burn. You yeah, know, you yeah, might, yeah. Your, your your head your head says might fall out of the other thing. You don't have no track no more, and you mm -hmm. just going off the whim, and they looking at you like, come on, come on, where you at? Where you at? Mm -hmm. uh, I had situations like that. Um, I've been in just so many different situations. Um, but the most embarrassing thing, and I know that it's going to like, kind of like make it seem like I'm being deep, but I'm really not. I got fired off of a gig that I, could, I didn't even start on. So basically, it was like this. Wait, 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 wait. See, we're not going to rush things here on this podcast, all right? Because moments like that, we really got to take our time. You were fired from a gig you didn't even start. Right. Like, that's so, not... Oh, my gosh. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so, I mean, and this shout out to... And I, I, I'm, I'm sure you cool with me, you know, naming names. But another local uh, guy in the city... Uh, great bass player's name, Fair Friend. He called me one day. Oh yeah. And I'm growing up, so I haven't, I haven't, I don't think I really pay all of my dues. Like I feel like sometimes <clears throat> they see the potential, so they be like, "Let me grab him now." I see the potential. Let me mm -hmm. go, go do it. But as far as like I said, back to that ADD thing, mm -hmm. my mind was all over the place. So I got drums. I'm. Drums is my focus. Drums is my thing, my passion. But because I'm so interested in so many things, I guess I wasn't as focused as some other guys, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so they saw the potential. They called me for a gig. And they was like, hey, look, we want you to play for this big conference. It was um, Daughters of the King Conference, I believe. Uh, Bishop Kevin Harris, he would have it every year. 
mm-hmm. he would rent out the carpet at that time it was called a carpenter center. Mm-hmm. And so they had a set band that would come in and he would have like Jackie McCullough and all of these people come in, different artists. John B. Key would come faithfully every year. Hez, Bishop Hez would come. Mm-hmm. And so we were the house band. So mm-hmm. it would be me, uh, Tony, it would be it was me, Tony Hardy, rest in peace, uh, Keith Johnson, great organist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I forgot who was on on uh, lead. Anyway, I get to the rehearsals. They paid me, Aaron. They paid me the first day. Like we, we Woo! just the first day of rehearsals. Woo! They paid me up front. Bishop came in, gave everybody a check. I leave, so we had lunch. Now we doing like ten hour days. I don't know mm. why. It's just you know that's so real. We doing ten hour days, right? So I leave, go to lunch. As I'm going out to lunch, I'm talking to a young lady, and I'm just like nose open. Oh. And one day led to another. I get back. It's late. Like I'm like maybe two hours late. I forget oh. what time I'm supposed to be back. Oh no! And I was really banking on this because. I really wanted to. This was like a big deal, you know, to oh. be playing playing with Ken, and uh-huh. that that opportunity never came. It's just like, all right, you done. You can't do this, you know. Oh, uh, no. go ahead. And I had spent some of the money on lunch with. <laughs> so that's probably the most embarrassing. I know that's like, you know. It, I could give so many examples, but that's probably the most embarrassing for me because it was a, a opportunity for growth. So right, yeah, man, yeah. man, like so. How long did it take you to recover from that? So the crazy part about it, and that's funny you ask that. So being that I was so interested in so many things, like you know, and I'm like messing with this young lady or talking involved with this young lady. Mm-hmm. It, at that at that point, it didn't bother me because I'm like, oh well, I got more I, I got more time to spend. With her. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it didn't affect me until until years later when I saw guys that were coming up behind me or guys that were coming up at the same time as me mm-hmm. getting those same opportunities now and maximizing those opportunities. Mm. So in, in hindsight, you know, it's it's guys that pull me to the side who have told me, you, they was like, yo, you know, we watched you, we watched what you did. We were, you know, I was looking at you and just like any younger brother to an older brother would say, I just, I just chose to do the things that you didn't do. And mm. that's some of the things like, some of my vets, you know, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to uh, name names, but I have vets that I looked at at that time because you're not really knowing who you are mm-hmm. coming up playing drums. You kind of like, like I said, all over the place. When you don't know who you are, you kind of like patting yourself after them. You see them coming in mm-hmm. with the big stick bags. You mm-hmm. see them coming in, you know, sneakers on, whatever the case might be. They did. We, when I say we went through all of the phases, and mm. I watched and went through all of those phases with them. I made the same harbor mistakes. But mm. I, I feel like the guys that came up behind me or came up a little, you know, with me or behind me, they watched those mistakes and it was like, nah, we're going, you know, we're going to just, you know, move move past that. So, yeah, it wasn't until years later when I watched those other guys get those same opportunities and then like, oh, man. I was right there in that seat. I had the grand opportunity to maximize on it, and I didn't. So, man, 
That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I never knew that. I yeah, never yeah. I never do and look, I'm a I'm a I'm gonna get a sidebar. People don't know. I have a select few uh, drummers that I really, really enjoy. Like mm-hmm. when I know these guys are on stage, I'm like, yo, you're gonna get a show. You're gonna get something that you haven't seen, whether it's just the pure heart and energy that they bring or some type of feel that that like, man, I I, I wouldn't have thought about that. I never told you this, but you're one of my favorite drummers when it comes to your process and your perspective. Like my 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 all-time favorite drummer and people laugh at me when I tell people this. My all-time favorite drummer, gosh, well, I can't even think of his name. Oh, um, <laughs> Lefty. Oh gosh. Uh, is he is he in the city? No, 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 no. Big 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 time. Play for Missy Elliott. Play for why can I think of his Brian name? Brian Fraser Moore. Oh no, no. He got a big head. He was on uh, Diddy's um, making the band as one of the MDs. And he's left-handed. Lefty. Why not? Can't think of his name. This is terrible. And he's one of my <laughs> favorite dramas. Anyway, it's gonna come to me, and the podcast gonna be right. over, and I'll be like, oh well. But um. Anyway, you're one of my favorite drummers, and I've never really told you, but I love your perspective, man. That's why when I have a lot of events that, 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 hey, Aaron, we need a band, um, please bring us a good quality sound. You're one of the first ones I call. I appreciate that, man, and you have been very consistent with that, and I, I definitely appreciate that, and I also appreciate your plan as well. Um, and your humility as well. That's that's one of the things that you have never, you know, shown to be arrogant. You never shown to be selfish. You've always been welcoming, and and that's something that you know shows goes longer and further. Being a brother, and that's better than any chop, whatever the case might be. You've always been shown a, a, a spirit of humility and love, and I appreciate that, man. So, man, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate yeah, sir, that, man. Yeah, That's sir. all love, man. Well, look, let me ask you this. So, we done did your embarrassing moment. What is your most proudest <laughs> musician moment that you can think of? Some that, whether it was when you first started to now, whether you was overseas to just locally, like, what is your proudest musician moment? Um, I, I really don't have a... a proudest moment. I'm thankful to God that I made it through the gigs I was placed in. Uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Some of the some of the artists that I you know I have played behind. Um, I guess if that if that was my the story that I gave with Ken was my most embarrassing moment. Then it would be with Ken giving me another shot um, to play with uh, Darwin Hobbs. Darwin Hobbs. That was Ooh. my first my first artist I ever played with. Um, and it was at the Arthur Center. I never forget it. And um, this was, you know, well after you know, getting fired, Ken did reach out again. I'm assuming because you know he couldn't find nobody else. <laughs> and, but he did, give, he did give me another shot at it. And um, I, I, that was my first artist, my first artist. So that probably would be my proudest moment. I made it through the gig. Um, and you know, have fun on it, and from there, it kind of just like you know started the growth process of going in a, a in a better direction, though. 
Man, that's what's up, man. So let me ask you this. As a seasoned, well-traveled musician, if you have an opportunity to tell your younger self something, what would it be? Um, so I don't know how you, I, I, and I'm not a, a, a teacher, but I, w- I would wish, I, and I don't, you know, really have uh, any anybody out here that's like, anybody that's, and I'm not going to use your podcast or platform to act, but if there's anybody that would love to talk to me to, to help me with this, it would be to to talk to someone who might have or you know, deals with uh, ADD, and it's just like not being mm. able to stay focused on one thing. Mm. And so that's what I would kind of deal with myself with. It was like, okay, mm. you you got you got that's the good. green light on everything. Mm-hmm. You have to slow down. You have to take some uh, t- take some time. If you're passionate about drums, if you're passionate about singing, if you're passionate about leading praise and worship, if you're passionate about if God is leading you, whatever area that you are serving in, you have to take some time to stay focused, to hone that craft, because God's going to use that opportunity to open more doors. That doesn't mean that you're going to be strictly a drummer. With you, you're more than a drummer. You're a podcaster, you're a father, you're a leader servant you're everything that you and more you know it's still more stuff to come you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that i'll but at that opportunity those times were to lead me into a place of of where i was supposed to go to do other things you know because to me i'm a more than just a drummer but i would tell my younger self just to kind of like you know just dial it back some you know mm. um you know, focus on, on on honing in on your craft and be persistent in, in your, you know, your practice. Be persistent in, um, you know, making sure that you do the things. Because, hey, I know I know when I'm hungry, I go get me something to eat. I know when mm-hmm. I want to go do my extracurricular activities, I can get to go do that. Make sure you put that same energy into when it's time for you to go do your practice you know, study your work, you know, for school, whatever the case might be, just, just, it's going to be fine. God's not going to take anything away from you. You're going to be able to get your hands on all of these opportunities that you want to do, but you have to be focused on, on, on that passion, on that gift that he's giving you. Um, and, and, and he will allow you the opportunity to work on those other areas as well. But, um, you can't be, a uh, uh, I forgot. I forgot the term they use, but you can't do everything and be a master at all of them. You gotta mm. be f- focus on, you know, on on something. So, gotcha. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I think this is probably the last question I may ask you, but what was the best advice somebody gave you when you first started playing? And then, what would be your best advice to pass down to the next generation of musicians? The best advice. Uh, that someone gave me it's just being accountable. Um mm-hmm. and the best advice was uh that they gave me as far it's just being accountable. Um, mm. um just being, you know, on time, being, you know, uh, a, a people person. And, you know, that kind of goes along with what what I would give to other people, other drummers, uh, other musicians, you know, keyboard players, whatever the case might be. Something that I was thinking about when you were asking that question 
And I really do, you know, love to laugh, love to joke. But at, at this moment, because I know it's your podcast, you're ministering to a, a lot of people, reaching a lot of people. It definitely will be. You will need to have a relationship with God first. That's one. Mm. You, your mm. reputation, reputation will far exceed you. Woo! And I mean that, that, you know, you're going to touch people's lives um, with your gift. If your reputation is is not what it matches up with your gift, then it, it's just it's nothing. It's just like you out here just you know wasting your time. You know people don't just necessarily like musicians. We're gonna first seek after the the greatest drummer that's uh, kicking butt, that's doing all the fills. Mm-hmm. But if you if you come off that drum set and your reputation, your attitude, your demeanor your all of that stuff is not loving it's not uh, met with spirit of humility and you're not a people person can't nobody touch you you can't be touched um then that that goes out of the window it just that i promise you everybody loves somebody who they can touch they can you know talk to who who, who is uh reachable who has a good reputation and that far exceeds their any plan ability that and then the last would be repetition. Mm, okay, Some, okay. Some, something I've always seen, and this is growing up, and some of my favorite musicians, or favorite drummers, rather, mm-hmm. uh, even musicians, but my favorite drummers, and I, you know, I'm not gonna name drop, but it's one in particular. I was, I was um, honored to be, and I'm honored to to be able to go to uh, his, you know, his homes on, you know. When I when I'm up that up that way, but Aaron Spears mm. is probably one of uh, my favorite drummers. Um, he's definitely in my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I go to um, when I'm able to be around him, and let's say he's in a practice mode, I have mm. never seen or heard or or heard someone stay on one thing. Like when when we go to practice. Mm-hmm. We are practicing and we going ham, like going out, going there, turn on the music, turn on the song. First, you just go ham. Then you learn the. This just this is how I do it. And mm-hmm. I turn on the music. I'm going ham first, just getting loose, going ham. Then I might turn it again and play the song, and I'll go do that and just learn the song. And then now that I learned the song, okay, we moved on to the next song. Mm-hmm. But if there's if there's some patterns and stuff that he's working it out in his head. I've seen him stay on this pattern 10 hours. I mean, whatever the case, I'm, I'm wow. not 10 hours, but, but just this one I get thing. It. I get it. I get it's, it. It's, so I get, so I get where, how you separate yourself. Cause it's almost like the, like they say, you know, how Kobe Bryant was in the mm-hmm. gym before, mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. and after the game. That's the kind of, that's the kind of mentality he has. To, and that, and that shows why he separates himself because, he was stayed on this one pattern for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And he would not budge until he get it. And then once he got it, then he moves on to the next thing. But it's repetition. You have to stay consistent because it's so much going on out here as far as, you know, the growth and the development of drummers coming up, you know, and all of that ties in together. Your relationship with God, your reputation, your repetition. So those are the three things I would pass them on. 
Man, that is so dope, sir. And I appreciate you coming on this episode, man. And when you reached out to me and I sent you on the podcast stuff, you was like, yo, so when I'm going to be your next guest? And I was like, you know what? We're going to make this happen, sir. We're going to make this happen. And here we are. And I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your time because people's time is very, very valuable. And you took time out of your busy schedule just to chat it up with us on the Levi's Corner podcast, the soundboard. And I know you're busy, but is there anything that you want to tell the people how to find you and what's coming up next for Mr. Jonah? Yeah. So now, because like I said uh, earlier, just more than just a drummer, I am doing, uh, I have guys open up a lane for uh, adding the video editing, videography. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing music. I'm still doing uh, backline and audio. So all of that good stuff, you can find me at only Jonah on Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. I need a Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. But also, you can reach me by email at gotsyconnectionsllc at gmail.com. You can book me for your next event. Um, I do weddings. I do uh, documentaries. Anything. Anything dealing with your brand and your marketing. Uh, whatever the case might be, drone footage, just call me. Reach out to me. Uh, guys, open up a door. And I'm, and I'm able to work in that lane as well with my music. Man, I appreciate you, sir, so, so much. Um, everybody, I want you all to understand that this gentleman is pure in what he says. This is not no phoniness. This is not no games. True authenticity. And that's what we're about. Also, we're about accountability, integrity, and assistance. And this is just a uh, – Jonah is just the epitome of what the Levi's Corner represents. But until next time, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Remember, it's not all about what you can gain, but how to create a balance. I believe that's my time. <laughs>